0: To those gathered here today, to those that are joining online, it's good to be here and to have this opportunity to spend time together in God's Word, and that really is what the message is all about today. We're in a series called Finding Value, and we're looking at the things that as a family of believers here at Messiah's, we live out our mission of loving God and loving others and sharing Christ. What are those things that we hold on to dearly, that we value as followers of Jesus? I'm hoping that you have uh, in your hands God's Word. If not, I would love for you to, even if you don't have a Bible of your own, use one in the pews in the chairs. But if you would, hold the Bible in your hands for a moment. And what I want you to think about is, do you appreciate what you hold in your hands because when we open up the Bible and we hold that Bible in our hands what we are holding is the very word of God God's word spoken to to you and to me now one of the things that we know about God's word is that it is like no other would you agree with that of any other word that is spoken or written down, God's word is like no other. There is a reason that the Bible continues to be the best-selling book of all time. There's a reason that the Bible has continued to be translated into other languages and being spread further and further across the globe. It's because one of the things we know about Scripture, all of Scripture is breathed out by God. The word for that is inspired. Inspired means God breathed. If you think back to creation, in the beginning, God said, he spoke, he opened his mouth. And from his mouth, from the word God created, he said, let there be light, and there was light. And for man and for woman, what does God do? He takes part of his creation And then he again opens his mouth, but this time to breathe, to breathe life, to breathe breath, to breathe spirit, to breathe soul into us, separating us from the rest of creation. From the very beginning, God has been speaking. And scripture continues to be God speaking to you and me. Now in the Bible, there is an Old Testament and a New Testament, 66 books total, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. And each of those testaments contain real stories about real people living life in real times of history. And God coming to them, meeting them, to rescue them, to deliver them. But because God has no beginning and no end. Because God himself does not change. His word does not change, meaning his word continues to speak life into you and me. See, one of the other things that we know about God's word is that it is living and it is active. As we talk about some of our values here at Messiah, one of the values that Pastor John shared with us last week is this. The word of God fills us with hope, And compels us to action. Do you believe that to be true? That God's word being alive. That God's word being his breath again. His word spoken to you. Do you believe that it is alive and active in your life? In my life. Bringing us hope. And inviting us. And compelling us to join with him. We also know that God's word is absolute truth. Think about that for a moment. As we live in a world where so many people are searching for truth, and more and more people are asking the question, is there even such a thing as truth? Is there an absolute truth? We believe that God's word is just that. Jesus, the word who became flesh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Think of that again in terms of one of our values here at Messiah, which says we value that God's word is truth, the truth, the very truth that guides our lives. Jesus, the word who became flesh, the way, the truth, the life. In God's word, we see that it's not just a story. But it is a true story of rescue and redemption. And guess who is in need of the rescuing? We are. And the one who's doing the redeeming? Jesus is. It should not be a surprise that at the heart of God's story is Jesus. Old Testament, New Testament, everything pointing to Jesus, the Word who became flesh. John, in his gospel, at the start of his gospel, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and not just with God, the Word was and is God. And in verse 14 he says, The Word became flesh. The word became human. He became like us to come near to us. And as a result, we have seen his grace. We have seen his truth, the truth of his word being lived out. And it's Jesus who goes to the cross for you and me, becoming that perfect sacrifice. And think of that in light of what we were just singing together the song, The Power of the Cross. to see the pain written on your face, Jesus, bearing the awesome weight of sin, every bitter thought, every evil deed, crowning your blood-stained brow. This, the power of the cross, that Christ, the Word, became sin for us, took the blame, bore the wrath. We stand forgiven at the cross. And as a result, oh, to see my name, written in the wounds, for through your suffering I am free. Death is crushed to death. Life is mine to live, one through your selfless love. And this being not just the power of the cross, but the results of the power of God's word. God's word that is alive and active, that lives in you and me. You see, what we know from God's word is that it brings life. But not only does God's word give life, it also ends death. And so as you think of all of these things that are true of God's word, again, I ask you, do you appreciate what you hold in your hands? Because it is a book unlike any other. More than just words on the page, it is the very breath of God, His Word spoken to you and me. Another way to think about it is does God's Word inspire you? It should. Consider this God's Word is effective. When God speaks, things happen. At God's word, the world gets created. Well, when people read the Bible, things happen too. They see themselves in new ways. They find themselves forgiven and healed. They are driven to go and to do new things. If that doesn't inspire you, I don't know what does. God's word should inspire us First and foremost, to to him and how amazing he is and how much he loves us. To know that the Father sent his son to come to rescue and to save us, but also to teach us how to live. And so I ask you, are you allowing God's word to grow you? That's what today is really about. Are you allowing God's word not just to inspire you, but to grow you? One of the things that we value here at Messiah, we talk about it as being a three-thirds church. Have you learned this yet? All ages, in God's word, every day, not because we have to, but because we get to. We get to hold in our hands God's word. We get to have God speak life, his breath, into us. And as a result, he grows us. Consider this. The Bible does not simply tell this story in a detached way as a historian might. No, it is written to invite those who hear its message to respond to Jesus. It is a testimony to what God has done in history and what God will yet do. It is written to persuade its readers to become followers of Jesus and to help them understand how to follow him in the company of others. That's what God's word does, as it grows in us as we dig roots growing deep, but also as we grow up and we grow out. You see, through God's word, we are first and foremost to know him. And that's what we get to do in God's word. We get to know him. We get to know him as the the all-powerful, the almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Isn't that what we confess together today? I believe in God the Father who created the heavens and the earth. It echoes what we hear from the very beginning of God's word. In the beginning, God created but he also creates you and me. And so in God's word, not only do we get to know him, but we also get to know more about ourselves. And one of the things we learn is that while we are created in the image of God, sin has corrupted that image. Think about the effects of sin for a moment, what we know to be true. Consider this. You and I, we were created by God to be dependent on Him, but sin, sin makes us rebellious. Sin makes us quest for independence and self-sufficiency. Sin makes us love what is foolish while thinking that we are wise. Sin makes us think that we're capable of what we really cannot do on our own. Sin makes us think that we're righteous when really our heart, is corrupt. Sin convinces us that we are okay when actually we're heading for disaster. But the Bible, God's word, the Bible lovingly confronts us with everything that we are not, And it does so in order that we would run after everything that we could be. The Bible forces us to face our foolishness and failures so that we would run to the one who is wisdom and righteousness and find our hope in him. That's what we have in God's word. A word that invites us to know him. And specifically to know how much we are loved by him. Even in our sinfulness, God loves you and me. So much so that he gave his son, the father gave his son to die for you and me. The word itself, the author enters into his story to come to rescue and to redeem you and me. You see, God gave us his word for two primary reasons. And the first is this, to bring us to salvation, which is found in Jesus Christ. We are saved through grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. John in his gospel says, look, these things are written. Many other things were done that are not written here, but these things are written so that when you read them, when you read the very word of God, you will know that Jesus is the Christ and that you will believe in him. And by believing in him, you will have life, life eternal, but also life here and now. That leads to the second reason that God gives us his word. It's first and foremost to save us, but then it's also to teach us. To teach us how to live life with him here and now as followers of Jesus. And so it's in God's word that we are then equipped, encouraged and equipped to live our lives with him and for him. Paul David Tripp says, yes, the Bible does call you to what you cannot do on your own, but it doesn't leave you there. It introduces you to the one who gives you absolutely everything that you need. And this is what the gospel is about. The cross makes a way for the one who is everything that you're not to become for you and in you everything that you need. Consider these words in light of our reading today. If you have your Bibles open, John 15. These are words that Jesus speaks as he is in the upper room with his disciples before going to the cross to give his life for you and me. Jesus, again, shares one of these great I am statements. I am the vine, we are the branches, and he invites us to abide in him. To stay connected to him. Him, Jesus, the word who became flesh. And so he says in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus says in John 15, If we are not connected to him, abiding in him, living in him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, apart from God's word, we can do nothing. But what else does scripture say? In Philippians, Paul says, I can do all things in Christ, right? Through him, in him, in Christ, the word of God, through him I can do all things. It's why Jesus says, abide in me, live in me as I live in you. Verse 7, if you abide in me... In my words, abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. A part of our vision here at Messiah is to be more and more like Christ. To live and to love in the way that he first loved us. This is why it's so important that we grow. And if we are to grow, to become more and more like Christ, then we need to be in God's Word. Because when we are in God's Word, when we grow, we develop. Develop is a part of discipleship. Develop means that we are becoming. We are in this process of becoming more and more who God made us to be as Christ lives in us, as we live in him. Connected to this, part of growing is to flourish. To flourish is to mature. It's to become more and more like what we were created to be, again, becoming more and more like Christ. And as Christ lives in us and we live in him, as we are in God's word and God's word is in us, it means that we are then able to produce, to bear fruit. Not good works that save us. No, we're saved by the good and perfect work of Jesus. But we are saved to do good things, things that God created us to do. Namely, to love. To love as he first loved us. Us. I'm hoping you have in your hands God's Word. We're always encouraging you. Yes, there's Bibles in the pew, but we're always asking you, bring your Bible with you. Hold the Scriptures in your hands. And as you hold the Scriptures in your hands, I ask you again, do you appreciate? Do you appreciate that what you hold in your hands is? is God's word, his very breath, his word spoken to you. To him be praise and glory and honor, and all of God's people said, amen.